This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, there's no clever way to say it. We are going to talk about miscarriages. Plus, Biz teaches Katie Pell about the power of good music, Teresa's oldest becomes a full-blown kid, and we talk to clinical psychologist Dr. Jessica Zucker, whose focus is on women's reproductive and maternal mental health. Woo! 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, let's definitely just, woo. Yeah, it was it was hard to think of uh, sort of what cute tidbit to sandwich between. Today we're going to talk about miscarriage, mm-hmm. and we've got a really great expert uh, on to talk more yes. about miscarriage and, and yes. uh, about it. Uh, and and she is really great. Oh yeah, like, this, yeah we got a good, a really a, good person. Yeah. So, <laughs> so don't worry, guys. Hang in there with us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know what though? Uh, let's let's just check in. How okay. how are you, Teresa? I'm pretty good, and I'm kind of just dealing with. The fact that my oldest baby, my firstborn child, who was a baby when we started the show, a baby when we a started baby. the show, is now four. I mean, he's turning four on Wednesday, so by the time the show comes yeah. out, he will be four. And by our standards, that means That's he's a, a full blown, blown kid. kid. That's yeah. when we started identifying Katie Bell as a full blown kid at four. Yeah. And I mean, even though I will say that every time she hits a new year, I'm uh-huh. like, now she's. You're like, like actually, this. This is. This is but yeah. four is legit. It's pretty legit. Four is kid. Mm. Yeah. Not a toddler. No, no, no. I mean, He's... I guess they, you know, for <laughs> baby center standards. <laughs> I know. Baby it's center like says pre- toddlers are like one mm. to four. And well, like nobody pre-schooler. is going around calling their three or four year old a toddler. <laughs> I mean, they're not toddling. Preschool. Preschool. Is what they call them. Preschoolers. Yeah. Yeah. What's your preschooler up to? Yeah. Fuck it. That is a kid. It's a kid. That's a kid. Yeah. They can open and close jars. Oh, they're easily. kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it get, you know it's, what, Teresa? This is going to be great. It is going to be great. It is it is such a game changer. <laughs> it's going to be great. You're going to see the independence really coming. It's like a whole new level of, like, interacting with your kid. Yeah. Uh, and which will actually be work for you to have to shift in your brain that he's more of a kid than a baby. And totally. you're trying to be a baby with. Oscar, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So you're good. They're good both for you. just you're gonna. gonna... They just they're both gonna have to deal with somewhere in between because I, <laughs> I can't make the yeah. mental shift. I, know. I I can't help but think though that like your kid getting older is one of those things like that just nobody else in the world cares about. Like on Facebook, <laughs> like when people are like, he's almost can't believe he's two next week, yeah, or like I can't care. believe, and it's like, no, yeah, you. It's so it's one of those things that's like so meaningful to you and not to anyone else in the world like I always think of that um Tig Notaro bit where right. she's like um one of her friends like sends an email like can you believe that Caitlin <laughs> is starting kindergarten this fall and then she's like well what is she about five <laughs> like yeah actually, seems about right yeah it seems right seems like they're getting older <laughs> like to us yeah. it really is a mind fuck all the time right like what you're four but yeah. you're my baby what it's like so confusing yes but anyways well, enjoy. Yeah, I get. I think. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Yeah, you can basically start showing him horror films now. I think he's ready. Yeah, he's, he's ready. Definitely ready. Toy Story, right to Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your swim lessons, Simon. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I am really good. Uh, okay, so this is a little thing 
Katie Bell and I have been doing. You know how like people wait to introduce certain things that are important to them to their kids, uh, hopefully oh, yeah. at an age where their kids will appreciate and understand yes. it. Well, uh, this uh, the last couple of weeks has been the official introduction of Michael Jackson, and Ooh. in particular Jackson Five yeah. to Katie Bell. Yeah, and she's way the fuck into it. How could you not? Be? Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's amazing. It. That's just yeah. it. Is how can you not be? And I, you know, it, it is it's really. We are a big Michael Jackson. I am a big Michael Jackson fan. Mm-hmm. And my sister in particular had like a shrine in her closet where she just removed everything from her closet and covered it from the bottom all the way to the top with Michael Jackson pictures. <laughs> and we often say things like, um, he's only like, he's like my age. We could get married. <laughs> right? Like, so, okay. Okay. He is one of those singers. And it's been so fun to tell Katie Bell, all right, today we're going to listen to a group called Jackson 5. This this kid singing is a kid. He's like like a year older than you when he's yeah. singing this song, you yeah. know, or two years older than you when he's singing this song. And all of his brothers who are older are singing behind him. Yeah. Like he's the star. And this like started to blow her mind. Oh, yeah. And then I put on I Want You Back and she just goes nuts. And there's this thing. And then ABC, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. She goes nuts for it. And we play it a lot, and she wants to know more and more about him. And I'm like, well, you know, he actually died a year after you were born, or actually maybe while I was pregnant with her. It was the year that he died. Uh-huh. And I just, like, talked about, like, he is one of those singers that you really can literally unite a whole world. And it's so great. It's, like, fun to talk to her about how, like, there's a great unifier amongst people, and that mm-hmm. can be music. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways I've been teaching her about this is we ride around the car when it's just me and her, and Ellis is with, you know, the sitter or somebody else. We crank it. We roll down all the windows, and we see how many people we can get to dance in their cars oh my God. or on the streets Stop. next this to us when so you're playing adorable. a fucking Michael Jackson. I can't Jackson. deal with this right now. I want to tell you, is... you cannot listen to Michael Jackson no. and, not, and not dance. I want you back. You cannot yeah. not dance yeah. to I want you back. No. Okay? And, like, and oh my God. We, we usually get two to three people in their cars yeah. or on, like, at a stoplight to, yeah. you know, give it a little yeah. and we blare it. And it's so much fun. And it has been... It's also a really good bonding thing for us to do. Totally. Yeah, it's been great. Oh, my God. So I'm so excited. Yeah, I just—if I had, like, played uh, Michael Jackson for her, like, a year ago— she would have been like, whatever. Uh-huh. Like, it was just the right age. Wow. Yeah. And you knew. I just knew. Wow. My instinct, my maternal instinct said, this is the time. <laughs> it's Michael Jackson o'clock. <laughs> that's right. Jackson five o'clock. Oh, well, that that's great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How, how's this segue going to work for you? I am pretty sure there is no easy way to segue into the conversation we're going to have today, uh, which is about miscarriage. Um So, that's it. Yep. Please, take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa? Yes. Okay. So today, we are going to talk about miscarriage, and this is something we have wanted to talk about on the show, I think, in the past, and we've certainly had listeners uh, write in asking us to just talk about it a little bit. I think I wanted to, like, we wanted to preface this a little bit with the fact that, you know, it's it's not necessarily a hilarious topic. No. Right? No. <laughs> so, but, you know, uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't cover it. Right. 
And, you know, miscarriage, I think, falls into that category of topics uh, for women uh, that uh, that you're not supposed to ever talk about. You know, postpartum depression, uh, guilt, any guilt you have uh, about being a mom or how you're being a mom, intimacy, you know, problems, uh, especially after kids, and like miscarriage. It's just like another one of these things. Do not talk about this, ladies. We do not like the unpleasantness. Yeah. Uh, it's going to make us uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and it's med- going to like poison us with the possibility <laughs> yeah. of this happening. Yeah, it's like, going to poison us. We don't want to know about it. That's right. Don't talk about it. And therefore, we as a culture can never move past it to help each other uh, deal with these things. Right. Uh, let's just cram it down until one of you freaks the fuck out <laughs> and goes on a rampage. And then we should freak out about that. Yeah. Right? So... I was telling Teresa before the show, I am so surprised. More women are not walking in to grocery stores and going fucking ballistic on a daily basis. Yeah. We are so good at compacting things. Yes. Deep, 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 deep down inside. So, and I also think it's clear to say, you know, this is going to be a discussion that Teresa and I are going to have as friends. And Teresa has had a miscarriage. I have not. And we aren't going to try and solve solve the world's larger problems or issues or uh, talk about what it's like for everybody who has miscarriages because we don't actually know. Exactly. We're just going to talk a little bit about this as friends. And then later we're having uh, Dr. Zucker on, who a clinical psychologist who I really think uh, is going to be able to give us just some actual advice as well and insight into this uh, from her perspective. So... You know, we're just going to hash it out today. Uh, So, Teresa, uh, why don't we just start with you sharing, and thank you, by the way, for sharing, uh, your experience. Yes, thank you. Um, I just, I want to start by saying I just, I... I've wanted to share my story, Um, so I'm happy to have the opportunity to. Um, What happened to me was I've found out since, like, a pretty common scenario, but the way it went down for me was so confusing and such a surprise for me that at the time I really wished that I would have known that this is, like, a common thing. (laughs) Well, see, again, it just goes back to that point that we just don't talk about about these things. And And then everybody thinks they're the only one who is going through this. Yeah. And then you feel crazy. Right. Oh, okay, go ahead. Totally. No, thank you. You're welcome. Um, So (laughs) feel free to jump in like that. Yeah, can I? whenever you want. I know exactly what you're feeling, Teresa, and I don't. Okay. (laughs) No, no, actually, I really liked it because it was very validating. Okay. Oh, oh, I will validate the shit out of you throughout this, Teresa. (laughs) Do not worry. Okay. Um, So, uh, let's see. I was 29? No, 28? 28 or 29. Uh, It was before I had Simon. Um, And Jesse and I knew that we wanted to have a baby. I had been on the birth control pill for like 11 years almost. (laughs) Something like that. I went off the pill um, couple months later, got the positive pregnancy test. Yep. Um, we were really excited, and uh, I did not think that I would have a miscarriage because I think most people who haven't had a miscarriage don't expect to have a miscarriage. Why, um, why would you think that? Why would you think yeah. that you would? Um, you know that there's, like, a remote possibility because this is a thing that does happen to some people, and that's, like, why you're s- supposed to not tell people about your pregnancy until... You make it through the first trimester oh, that you vaguely right. get that message. Yeah. 
Um, at least I did. And no, so, you're right. That's why you're not supposed to tell people. Yeah, because yeah. you don't want to then burden them with the information with the if it doesn't work out. Yeah, so that could be an inconvenience for them. Right. <laughs> um, and so I, um, but I also, for me, I think, because my mom had never had a miscarriage. Like, I knew other people, like, the only people who I knew who'd had miscarriages were, like, my friend's parents or something. Yeah. Like, I knew people very remotely. I had one aunt who had been through it recently, but then, like, had had a child. But mostly it was, like, my friend's parents I, that I remember growing up, somebody had had a miscarriage. Yeah. But, like, my mom had never had one. So, like, for me, I just assume everything for me was going to be the same way it was for my mom. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I was young and we got pregnant right away and whatever. I just yeah. wasn't thinking about it. So I went in for my first, um, like, ultrasound at six weeks. And um, they did... They did the ultrasound and they immediately were like worried, like, right. "Oh, this doesn't look quite right. Um, you know, could you be further? Like, do you got? Do you think you might have your dates wrong um, as far as like when your last period was, whatever?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I mean, I could be like off by a little bit, but I was keeping track yeah. because like, we wanted to get pregnant, you right. know." And so I said, "Well, not, no, not really." And they said, "Well, you know, this could be." This could be, I mean, nothing is by the book. Like, things aren't always by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be something. It might just be a lot earlier. Like, and I said, well, how much earlier? And they said, well, this would be consistent with, like, three weeks. Which, Ooh. three weeks, okay. That's if you a- They count ovulation as being two weeks pregnant. Yeah. So, like, three weeks you wouldn't even really be showing up on a pregnancy test. Yeah, no, yeah. So I could tell that that made no sense. Right. But I was totally in denial because, again, I'm not going to have a miscarriage. Like, I, why would I have a miscarriage? Yeah, also, you know what, what I mean? the fuck do you know about making a baby right. at this point? I've never made a baby. I've never gone to an, to an ultrasound where yeah. things went right. Right. So <laughs> I'm like... Okay, well, it's probably fine. They said, well, we'll schedule you to come back in a week and go about your business. And so, um, meanwhile, you know, you're getting, like, the blood tests and you're doing, like, the intake where they tell you all the stuff you can't eat. And you're, you know, you're um, doing, like, the glucose, the first initial glucose test. And, you know, they're getting you ready. It's all the stuff that you do when you're having a baby. Yeah. Right. And so I'm thinking about, and at that time I wasn't working for Max Fun yet. I had a job, like a yeah. job job. Um, and I was like kind of missing missing a little bit of work and whatever. And for whatever reason, I felt like I should tell my boss at my job yeah. that I was pregnant. Um, I had a boss who I liked and who seemed like she would be supportive. Right. Um, and also I knew I was going to have to be, like I was a bit late for my whatever and I knew I was going to be missing work again the next week and like in hindsight I totally did not need to tell her you can just miss work to go to the doctor but I think I just felt the earlier I tell her the more support I'll get right like you know what I mean of course um and so I told her and like her and I told her oh and they said at the ultrasound like it wasn't they weren't sure and something seemed a little bit maybe something and she said what I guess anyone would say in that situation which was I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. You're really young and like, I'm sure everything is fine. Right. And so that made me, and she had already had two kids. So I was like, oh, she thinks I'm fine. I'm fi- I'm probably fine. Right. So the next time I well, went. Well, no one wants to say. No. Oh, it might be. That might be. A pro- nobody's yeah. going to say it. And nobody no would. Say it. Uh, right. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I was sort of, I mean, I guess 
it was nice that I wasn't like living in super fear until the next week, but I was totally I was totally in denial. Yeah. So I go back the next week and like it's exactly the same, like on the on the ultrasound. And they do your then they do your um they do your like blood test to see right. how fast your pregnancy hormone is rising because it's supposed to like double every 48 yeah. hours or something like that. And so mine like you could see was going up but not like very much. Okay. It was going up but not like it wasn't doubling right. the way it was supposed to. It wasn't going up at the rate that it's supposed to. And the ultrasound was exactly the same a week later. Yeah. So and by then I knew I was seven weeks. Like I would yeah. have been seven weeks. Like it was like that measuring by like what yeah. my dates were. It would have been seven weeks. And um, they're like still not saying anything to me. And I'm, like, really confused at this point. Yeah. Because I don't know. And they're just, like, so then they, like, had the nurse practitioner had, like, a doctor come in who I didn't know who was, like, checking. And they were very, like. I just don't understand why they're not saying something at this I point know, in time. This I know. I know. And con- I don't, like, I heard afterwards that maybe it's, like, liability issues. Like, but if I don't they know. they tell you that you've had a miscarriage, but you haven't. But you it's just haven't. something else. Exactly. That and would so, be weird, right. And so they just keep saying, well, nothing's by the book, and you haven't had any spotting, and you haven't had any cramping, and so, but there's nothing really there. And, like, the, the you know, the sound of somebody, like, looking in your body and saying there's nothing there, like, there's nothing, is, like, a it's, gross, gross thing to hear. Yeah, especially this is, like, unnerving. Oh, God, it was horrible. And also, I didn't know that I should bring Jesse. Like, I should right. have brought Jesse, yeah, but I just was like, none, nothing important is going to happen at these appointments. Right. Like, there's, I didn't. <laughs> right. So, anyways, it was, I was alone and I was so confused. And they weren't very, they didn't have very good bedside manner. Like, yeah. they weren't, I mean, they weren't like horrible to me, but they were just very, very vague, which was the last thing I needed. And, and they were just very, you could tell they were like upset about it, kind of. Like yeah. they were just kind of like, well, so they made we don't you come know. back again. No, so okay. then it was just like, well, so let us know. Like keep an eye. Like it was just kind of like keep an eye. So on basically, it. Yeah. I so basically I knew, but they wouldn't say. So anyways, what I did is I came home. I called my aunt, yeah, <laughs> who I love and who had like been through a couple miscarriages, and she just said, "Oh, honey, yeah, oh." <laughs> You know what I mean? I know. And yeah. you know yeah. what, though? But it's probably Thank the most you. helpful thing. It was the most yeah. fucking helpful thing that anybody had Yes. Done. Yes. Because she knew. She knew. And I really didn't know. I know. So then I was like, oh, and the other thing was I was I was saying to her, like, and so, like, I just feel like I just want to sit and, like, have a glass of wine and, like, yeah. deal with this. Yeah. But I can't. And she's like, you can have a glass of wine. Oh, you know what I mean? Like ants. Yeah. And then she was like, you can have a glass of wine. And she's like, and I know they say like no Advil, whatever. If you want to take some Advil, you can totally take some Advil. Like she was just like totally there. Yeah. Totally supportive and like knew, knew what to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, but then, so then this is, so it just continued to be so confusing because basically what happened is literally like a couple days later, I started spotting. Right. But I was just spotting. I was like spotting, spotting, spotting. But I'm dealing with this information. So when that confirmed, okay, this is this is not happening. Like right. I'm not going to have a baby right, right now. This is not a real, this pregnancy is not happening. Right. So I'm mourning that. I'm dealing with that. And I so what I did was I told my boss, this is happening. And I don't feel like I can come in today, but can I work from home? By the way, I had a job 
that was like the ideal job. Like I should have been working ho- from home all along. Oh. It was like <laughs> I was a copywriter for attorney websites. Oh, yeah. So I wrote, I mean, I literally just sat in the office. I mean, it was a nice place to work, but yeah. like I sat there and wrote on a computer all right. day long. Like I did not need to be near anyone. Yeah. So And I totally could work. I just didn't want to be around, around people. people. And yeah. like I shared an office with like six other people. So yeah. I was just like, this is what's happening. You know, I... I can work from home, but, you know, I just don't feel like I want to be in the office today. She's like, don't work from home. Take the time you need. Yeah. Take the time you need. So I was, like, really grateful for that. And that was really nice. Um, But then what ended up happening was, like, the everything. Everything came out. No, no. Oh, no, that's that's the hard part. It kind of didn't. It like took forever. Oh, that's right. So I was kind of like, I mean, okay, this is like, I'm gonna get into it here, people. All right, Sorry. everybody, get ready. But like, I was basically just bleeding for like a week yeah. with like nothing really more than just like a light period. Right. But I felt like I was dealing with my miscarriage yeah. because I was bleeding and right. I knew I was having a miscarriage. So I thought that that was it. That was it. I thought that that was it. And I was out of the office all week. I took that whole week off doing fucking nothing, nothing. like nothing. Just being That's kind of okay. like mopey and sad, whatever. The the following weekend was Max FunCon. Oh fuck! Which for anybody who doesn't know what Max FunCon is, it's basically it's like this fun big camp for people who listen to Max for Fun adults. Yeah. for adults. Yeah, uh, up in the mountains, and it's like super fun. Like yeah. let's all go have a good time. Yeah, and okay. it's and it's awesome. Yeah, it's um, great. And I wasn't again. I was not working for Max Fun yet, but it was like maybe the second year of Max FunCon or yeah. the third year. Um, Coincidentally, it was the year that you came with your baby, and that was what? like I know, and that was we why we didn't even really know each other. At we this didn't point know in time, each other, just so everybody knows. Yeah, this we didn't like, know each I other. I showed up with Katie Bell, who I may knew, not have even been like a year old. Yeah, I knew of you and yeah, Marnie, and Marnie year, was yeah. there with Penny, and like I knew of you guys, and I'd been looking forward to like hanging, hanging out. out, but like because this was going on, I was like, I can't like hang out with these yeah. people and their babies. That's not happening. So I just met you, and that yeah. was it. Um, but anyways, I still went because I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like stay home and yeah. just be sad. But then I was like at this thing where everybody's just like having fun. And like, I don't know. It was just weird. It was a weird experience. Yeah. It was fine. It was totally fine. But like, you kind of like feel like you need to move on. Like you need to like continue. Well, I want to talk your... about this thing when you're done. Okay. I, have, I think this is actually where I want our conversation to go today after you're done with this. So then when, then when we came back from Max FunCon. Yeah. That was when, like, I actually Every, had my miscarriage. Like, right. that was when it, like, all came out. Came out. And it was horrible. Yeah. And, like, horrible cramping. Like, I was up in the middle of the night, like, crying my yeah. eyes out, like, doubled over in pain. Horrendous. Like, yeah. horrendous. Um, and I say that now, having been through two unmedicated childbirths. <laughs> I can go back and say... This may have been worse just because it's not like a pain that's for anything right. good. It's yeah. just, oh, right. you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, it's that's just a... awful. But then I did feel better after it was over. Sure. It was like fully out and I knew that it was out. It was like very clear that that, that was, was what it. happened. Yeah. Um, and then it was just a matter of healing. And I ended up being out of work that like home from work other. that whole following week. And so anyways, everybody at work was like super understanding, but I go back and I realize I've used all my vacation time for the whole year. Like, I don't know why I thought my boss was just going to like be nice about it. Count it. But especially because she said like, don't work from home, just take the time that you need. Because then I ended up using all my vacation time for the whole year to like just do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but you know what? You, You should have. 
I if guess. you needed to. I, I guess, mean, but I know because you don't know what's going to happen. But like after. After like re- after like everything really went down, yeah, I was like, why did I take all of last week off? All I was doing was like spotting, right? Like I could have been there, you know what I mean? Not, yeah, but you can't. I guess emotionally, you can't. You know what I mean? Like well, you can't. I mean, you can't know what you would. You yeah, know I mean, but you know, I mean, yeah. I think at the time, given what you were doing and going through, what yeah. you did was the right decision. Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah. That, like, in listening to you, the two things sort of stood yeah. out. So, one, I want to touch on that three-month thing, okay? That three-month rule. Oh, the right? not talk- I just want to yeah. touch on Let's that talk about briefly that for sure. as such a, like, great example of don't talk about it, yeah. right? Uh, for a lot of reasons. One, you could jinx yourself. Right. <laughs> because oh. that's possible. Because that's possible, Because that's how miscarriages but work. But I think it really— <laughs> Yep. But I think it really is you don't want to upset the people that you've told. Right. But what's really happening is you're not giving yourself a support group ready to support you when something happens. Yes. And that's fucked up. And that shit needs to stop. I think that I always told my parents the moment I found out. Yeah. Always. I did too. Because I always knew that if anything happened, I would need their support. Yeah. You know what I mean? And same with my sister, you know, and like a couple. But some people don't want you to tell them. Well, I know. Like actively do not want to know. I know. And I just, uh, fuck those people. I know. I just. I know. I know. I just like. Just deal with life. That's what I want to say to those people. Like deal with life. Yeah. You're going to. Life is happening around you. All around you. That's right. Um, no, I'm totally with you on that. And I think I thought of it so much more carefully yeah, the se- with the time. second time I got pregnant. Because the first time I was, like, kind of aware that I shouldn't tell people. And I mostly shouldn't, didn't tell people. Shouldn't tell people. Right. Ugh. But, but right. what I ended up doing was telling all the wrong people. Because I told. <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell some you of my closest boss, friends. You, right. told my boss. I told my fucking hairdresser. Yeah. Because she had, like, just had a baby. And I was excited. And I was yeah. there. And I, whatever. So then I had to go back in and have this, like talk with her about it that was like not helpful to me and she like was trying to it's really a loss and I really know what you're and I was and just she's like, like cutting your fucking hair yeah, and stuff and it's just, I was like why did I do yeah. that and then like with both my pregnancies after that with Simon and Oscar I was just like here's what I'm gonna do yeah I'm gonna tell everyone who I would want to support me yes. regardless of what happens Good job. You know what I mean? Good job. That's exactly that, right. I think that it, I think with Oscar that included our listenership, guys. Yeah. So thanks, you guys. <laughs> thanks I think for we being came, there I think, for me. Yeah, yeah, I think we came out about clearly. that a little early. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other thing I think is giving yourself permission regardless of when and how something like this happens. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a, I've had a lot of friends who've had miscarriages, and they've happened at very different stages. Yeah. Uh, some very early, uh, some really late where they had to have medical intervention, yeah. step in yep. and remove yeah. the, the baby. And uh, so both, both ends of the spectrum. And I think uh, it can be hard. I, I think what's interesting about especially early miscarriages is I would I would assume given how my brain works that I would feel bad to tell somebody that you know that it happened before Mm -hmm. four months or before three months Mm -hmm. because you know does that count does that really count is it really you know what I Mm -hmm. mean like there's so much it wasn't like I had to go to the hospital you know what I mean like it wasn't like my friend who had this thing you know what I mean I feel like but but I don't think that's I mean that's my own fucked yeah. up mom guilt thing in my own head. Yeah. When in reality is 
no matter, I mean, totally separate from the physicalities of babies becoming babies. Yeah. Emotionally, yeah. the moment you find out you're pregnant, if it's something, you know, especially if it's something you've been working towards, yeah. that's an emotional, you know, commitment and attachment and, and bond that you're already starting to feel. Yep. So no matter where along the process something like this happens, mm-hmm. you are absolutely, totally justified and in, oh, yeah. in, in understanding it's a big fucking totally deal. you and, and like nowadays like we already know the due date like yeah. right away you know the due date you you're like thinking about what's gonna come over the yeah. next few months like you can't not this, think those uh, christmas i'm gonna be like big yeah. and people will see me and blah 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 yeah. like, i mean just all the things that you immediately naturally yeah. do right yeah here's a question and we're gonna talk a lot more i think in detail with uh with dr zucker about yeah. some of these things but as your friend yeah uh, i have two questions yeah one what was it like then trying again like mm-hmm. did it like freak you i mean like yeah what was it like trying again oh that's good um i think yeah i think actually this does play into that but like just going off of what you just said mm-hmm. it, like yes allow yourself that it is a big fucking deal if it in fact feels like a big fucking yeah. deal yes. to you like yes good point i think Thank that you. i think that um one thing that i dealt with was that um, it was very early, and I honestly was more confused yeah, than yes. anything else. And I think a lot of times with a first-time pregnancy, you kind of can't believe you're pregnant anyway. And <laughs> right. I was still—I think I was still in that stage a little bit. Yeah. Like, I was still a little bit like, is this for real? Did this really just happen? It happened yeah. really fast, and it was like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, ah, and then, like, it wasn't true. And so I was just—it was very confusing. Yeah. But it was not— a time of very intense grief and mourning for right. me. Right. I totally think it's different for everyone. And I I think that, like, one thing for me was that, like, I didn't like it when people told me about how upsetting it was that I had had a miscarriage. Like, okay. that was annoying to me because I was like, don't put that on me. Like, I'm kind of handling it and, like... I right. w- after like after we waited a few months to try again. Yeah. And we were going to wait longer just because. But by the time we got where we were, I was like, I'm kind of ready to like try, try again. again. And Jesse yeah. was like, yeah, I'm, I am too. And like we just were. I'm not yeah. saying it, it didn't like totally suck. It totally sucked. It yeah. was a surprise and it it sucked. It hurt and right. it was sad. But like I also... Just I, I think I'm just also like optimistic by nature, and I just kind of knew that <laughs> right. I was that this was gonna happen. Like I yeah. just kind of, it did not freak me out. Like oh, we definitely have problems because you know right. one other thing that happens is that you you do start once you have this experience, you do start hearing about other people who've yeah. had the experience, and there's like everybody I talked to was like, oh, my friend had like two of those, and then she has like three beautiful children. Like yeah. so oh. many people said everybody. That to me. Have a fucking story because yeah. when I was trying for number two, because we got yeah. you know pregnant with Katie Bell really quickly, yeah, and then this was like back in New York uh, before a bunch of things happened that kept me from being able to get pregnant again for a little while. We were talking about it, be talking about it with friends, coworkers in particular, who'd be like, "Oh yeah, my second, I always like you know everybody I know." It really was like every woman in the office had had like for their second kid two miscarriages and then they got pregnant, Whoa. and I was just like, "This is." In retrospect, I'm thinking yeah. about this. If you talk about that. Yeah, like, that is a weird thing. It's like people come out of the woodwork with that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, though? It did make me feel, feel better. better. It sure. totally did. I was like, yeah. oh, this is like a thing that happens. And yeah. I just, 
I mean, it was one, and I think it would be different if it was, like, a whole bunch, you know? But, like, I just was still optimistic, and, like, the second time I got pregnant, I was exactly back where I was the first time, just assuming this is—I'm not going to have another miscarriage. You know what I mean? I was just like, okay, this is is happening. New new story. New new go, yeah. Well, what—was there anything that anybody said to you that you were, like, nailed it, besides your aunt? Or was everything just, like— Fuck. (laughs) No, everything was not just like fuck. I definitely had a lot of um, like supportive phone calls with friends because, you know, there were friends of mine who I hadn't told yet. But then once it happened, I still wanted to tell them that it happened and people were supportive. Um, And uh, uh, the thing that I remember making the biggest difference was I was like sitting with it's Jesse, which I know talking to your partner about it is different because it's a loss for them, too. But um but I was talking to Jesse and I was just crying and yeah. I was just really sad. And he just said and I was just kind of like doing the like, why, why yeah, did this yeah, happen type thing? And he was just like, I mean, mysteries of the human body. Like, yeah, basically just like, don't don't try to, like, figure it out. Don't, yeah. like, think that it means something. Like, don't, you know mm, what I mean? Like, yeah. don't don't internalize it like this is something I did or something or something yeah. that is, like, meaningful for the future or, like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And that's, but that's, like, of course, really hard given human nature. It is. It's so yeah. hard not to try to, like, make sense of what yeah. happened as, like, yeah, meaning yeah. something or, yeah. like, being whatever. And so, yeah, when he just said, like, mysteries of the human body, I yeah. was like, yeah, okay. But it also was nice cuz because like, you know, I felt like I was letting him down too. Of and so oh, when I think yeah. I think part of why it made such a big difference to me to hear that from him was that was his way of saying like You're all right. this isn't about you. Yeah. Like I don't think I'm not like you know, yeah. it's not your fault, you know? Yeah. Like Yeah, well that's like, like so much of it. Yeah. A small <laughs> So much of the things that fall into our category as women of cram it down. Yeah. It is not your fucking fault. Right. None yeah. of it. It never is, it too. Never if you is. actually read about, like, why miscarriages happen, there is, like, basically literally nothing you can do in yeah. the first trimester. That's right. To so, yeah. So it's not your fucking fault. Uh, well, Teresa, I want to say thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Thanks for letting me share it. You're welcome. <laughs> let's, let's share more experiences, both good and bad, to, to listeners everywhere. Um, you're welcome, guys, I guess. Um, but in all honesty, thank you for sharing that. And I am glad that we are friends and that you can tell me. Yeah, I'm glad too. Yeah. I'm Dave Holmes, and if you've been missing my show, International Waters, then you've been missing this. If there's one thing I know about owls, yes. they we are wise. Taken. Two things. They are yes. wise. Yes. They love nightclubs. They, all, they wear tiny graduation motorboards, and they love nightclubs. <laughs> they also do the best double takes of all birds of prey. And if you slow it down, they actually go, get it, get it, International Waters, a panel show where U.S. and U.K. comedians battle for pop culture supremacy. Subscribe right now on iTunes or at MaximumFun.org. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. 
Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me, please. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Simon did not take a nap one day this weekend. <laughs> and Woo! I'm just kidding. So much fun. <laughs> um, he, it's like 50-50 on the weekend at this point. But um, he did not want to go to bed when it was bedtime. Like, he was just totally flipping out and having a temper tantrum that he had to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't, I just wanted to get him to calm down So I and, like, get in his bed. And so I just told him, uh, like, the night won't be that long or whatever. Like, yeah. I'll see you in the morning, you know? And then he's like, it is a long time. Like, naps are shorter and nights are a really long time. And I said, well, do you want to just take a nap? And he said... Okay. Wow. And I was like, yeah, okay, great. You can just take a nap. And he's like, yeah, because naps are shorter. Wow. And I was like, okay, just take a nap then. But of course I know he, as soon he's as he's going to sleep, sleep, he's yeah. going to sleep through the night. So we got in bed happily, totally fine. He was like, it was like he was, he was like willing to meet me halfway yeah. with the nap. He's like, I can do a nap. Yeah, I can I, do that, mom. Fine. Went That's to sleep, genius. Had a good sleep. I love those moments. Those are the best. Good job. Thanks. Uh, so this yesterday, uh, we were over at a friend's house, and they had a zip line in their backyard mm-hmm. that starts off really high up in a tree, Ooh. <laughs> several, several feet. Okay. And uh, Katie Bell fell off of it. Oh. And I was actually in the house having a meeting, and Stefan was outside uh, with the kids, mm-hmm. uh, but he actually hadn't seen it because he was following Ellis around. But I was in the house, and I heard the scream, and oh. I come running, and I get out there, and... I see her. She's just like in a sitting position and she's crying and she's like, I fell, I fell out of the, you know, zip line. I fell off the zip line. And so she's like crying. And I, that is, the genius is that like, I just remembered, I do these things really well. Uh-huh. Okay. I do not like panic uh-huh. and I do not like hysteria. I, my child can be as panicky and as hysterical yeah. as she wants, but I can't have yeah. it. So, and with her, she's always been a, let's talk it out thing. So yeah. she's crying and I'm like, all right. I want you to stay seated. You know, look at me. I want you to. She's like my. She she first starts saying my back. My back hurts, and I'm like, okay, all right. This is what I want to know. I want you to move your feet for me. Yeah. Now I want you to move your legs. Now I want you to move your arm because I'm still thinking broken yeah. arm, broken wrist, broken bone yeah. somewhere else. She keeps talking about her back, and I'm like, okay, we're not getting up. Don't yeah. get up. Did you fall on your head? No, I fell on. She like literally fell off in sitting position. So she that hit seems her. bad. Yes, it does. And so you know, I'm telling Stephanie, get yeah. me a towel. Yeah, because I want to lay her down yeah. at this point. Because I now know that everything's she can yeah. feel everything and everything's working. So we don't have any like broken, yeah. at least uh, arms or legs, and we don't have a spinal issue uh-huh. if she can feel and True. move things. Yeah. But I lay her down, so I don't want her to move her back yet until I know for yeah. sure that she's okay. And we yeah. like talk through the fall, and we talk. You know, did you hit stairs? Did you just fall right off? Did you whatever? Um, and after that, I, I've felt comfortable enough to get her up and move her Mm -hmm. right but we I mean we just sat there for like 15 minutes just like um anyway the woman whose house it was was like were you an EMT or a nurse ever and I was like no she was like because that was fucking amazing (laughs) Um, but I mean and and just so everybody knows Katie Bell is totally fine you know Tylenol and we called uh my father-in-law who's an ER doctor yeah like I went through like what had happened and what she was complaining about yeah and she's fine uh I'm gonna keep an eye on her or whatever but I just 
I, it's like one of yeah. my great mom moments you where I'm like, it. I can fucking yeah. do this. Yeah. And if it was worse, it. we could have dealt, dealt with it too. Totally. So, Good job. Thank you. It's awesome. My 18-month-old daughter has been obsessed with stealing pens and scribbling with them. <laughs> she doesn't want crayons. She doesn't want colored pencils. She wants pens. So I gutted a pen today, and she's been happily drawing with it all morning. I feel like a genius. Thank you. She just gave her. She gutted a pen she's, and just gave her. Does that her, mean she took the ink yeah, out? Yeah, she took the ink out. She just gave her kid a pen. And so she's playing with it, even though it's not making lines. Yeah. But she's still happy. She still she thinks gets it's a pen. pen. Ellis is like that with That's just the amazing. tool. It's really good. I also would have totally qualified this as genius if she just gave her kid a full pen. Because I also like to think of, ah, eh, fuck it. I just gave my kid a pen. <laughs> like, either way, I just fucking super simple. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good job, mom. Now let's get ready for failures. You suck. So I, over the weekend, we went out for a family activity on Saturday morning. I know. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it's so much work to get everyone in the car. And, like, for some reason, it's so much harder on the weekend than it is on, like, a regular school day. Like, people just are not, nobody has it together. Everybody's just needing extra things and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So it's, like really annoying and you know despite my best efforts I'm like grumpy by the time I get in the car and we're driving away and I just realized like I just never ate breakfast like I took care of everyone else I did everything else for everyone else got everything ready got the stuff packed for the day got this that and the other thing I just never had my yeah. own breakfast. And, you know, by then I'd been up for like two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. You know? You're starving. Totally. And it's a long time till food. Yeah, gee, I wonder why I was grumpy. Yeah, I don't know. Time. Yeah. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. Way to put yourself first. Thanks. Fail. Uh, so during Ellis's dinner the other night, uh, he started getting really tickled at me telling Katie about focus. Focus, 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 right? He thinks this is really funny. And then he was like saying, focus, focus, right? And I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then we started doing different like words that were very funny like that. And of course, I had to say penis, weenus. Yeah. Which was really funny. It was funny. It is funny. Everybody loved it. Uh, and But now, like for the last three nights at dinner, he's like, penis, weenus, penis, weenus. So for a really long time, we're going to just be saying, he just marches around the house, penis. I mean, he already says penis yeah. way too much. Yeah, we do in our but house, too. penis, yeah. weenus. Okay. So, but, yeah. Great. Yeah, Good. It's just, we're just going to be fucking saying penis, weenus forever. Earlier in the week, one of the last days of school, I got called by the school nurse, and my six-year-old had stuck a bead, a jewelry bead, in his ear. Uh, we had to take a trip to the emergency room. Uh, it was pretty painless, actually. He was not at all in pain. Um, that was not the fail, however. When we left the emergency room, we talked a lot about that you should not put things in your body that don't belong there. So he shouldn't put any other things in his ear or any things in his nose or things in his mouth that weren't food. The fail is that we didn't talk about maybe other parts of the body you shouldn't put things into. So tonight after his bath, he wasn't getting his pajamas on, and I went in his room to find out what he was doing. And he's goofing off on the floor with a Lego in another part of his body, not in his head. Just leave it at that. Not at all traumatic. 
was not stuck anywhere, <laughs> but totally my fail for leaving out an important orifice you should also not stick things into. That's my fail. Have a good day. Don't Amazing. stick it up your butt. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stick Don't it up your butt. Don't put anything in your butt. Don't put anything in your butt or your vagina. Yeah. And, which, of course, I think older. means that they will. Yes, yeah, you're older. I, I just feel like immediately they're going to go in and do it. I know. And that thing I always know. leads me to... What are they Which doing when you're not there? Yeah. What are they doing when you're not? How many I times know. is like Katie Bell shoved something like somewhere I and I just don't know? I know. So everybody sleep tight with that image in your head. Yep. Oh, yeah. Way to, way to I titled that one Lego in the Butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite literally what it is. It's quite literally what it was. So fail, yeah, moms. Yeah, fail. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known I love you I love you when I have a problem I call you on the phone Teresa yes let's call a mom great okay Today, we are calling Dr. Jessica Zucker, who is a clinical psychologist and writer based in Los Angeles. She specializes her practice in women's reproductive and maternal mental health. This was her specialty long before she experienced a 16-week pregnancy loss. In her 2014 New York Times piece, Dr. Zucker launched the hashtag, I had a miscarriage. Uh, This became a campaign and an effort to destigmatize pregnancy loss. She's earned advanced degrees from Harvard University and New York University and has worked in international women's health for many years. And she has been a champion in her writing and work for getting people to be more honest about the topic of miscarriage. In fact, she was actually just on Good Morning America this week uh, talking about this. Welcome, Dr. Zucker. Thank you so much for having me. We are we're really happy to have you on. We... Um, we spent the first half of the show actually uh, talking about miscarriage. Uh, Teresa experienced one with her uh, very first uh, attempts at getting having a child, getting pregnant, all that good stuff. So we just kind of tackled it from the perspective of two friends sitting around <laughs> talking about this topic. Um, but before we get, but we were very excited that we were going to have you on later today to uh, offer us some some really more professional insights uh, and advice into this, especially in terms of how to support friends and loved ones and yourself when you're going through this. Um, But before we get started, we have a question we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? I live in a house with a hilarious husband (laughs) um, and two kids, a a six-and-a-half-year-old son who is Pokemon-obsessed and a 19-month-old daughter who wants to grab my beer bottle every night. (laughs) (laughs) My God, you almost have my house. Yeah. Uh, Except the genders genders are reversed. We really good and uh, with beer. Uh, (laughs) Held up really high on a shelf. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'd like to start uh, with the article that led us to you. Uh, so here you are, a psychologist specializing in women's, you know, mental health related to reproductive and maternal uh, health. And then you experience a miscarriage, which I need to assume is one of probably the big issues you are helping your patients mm-hmm. cope with. Uh, That's right. And so you write this article in 2014 in the New York Times uh, about suddenly finding yourself in this position as their doctor, as as one of their care providers, having gone through this and trying to decide if you should share that with them? Because that's not really normal for a psychologist to do. Like, I mean, you don't, you're usually there for 
to listen to them. Am I right? I, I, I basically, I'd love to know sort of mm-hmm. finding yourself in that situation and what you decided to do because I think it's really interesting. Well, you bring up a really important point about the slipperiness yeah. that can exist within the therapy setting where typically, of course, the focus is on the patient. They're coming to work out things in their own lives, and the, the psychologist is there to help facilitate that. And in this situation, it was particularly bewildering and intense for me because I was visibly pregnant. And so patients who are were trying to get pregnant or who had had their own losses or terminations um, you know, were sort of fascinated by this pregnancy of mine, hmm. and then the pregnancy ended. And so, of course, I had to tell all of my patients that it ended, and I took about a week off from work. And it's been, it was a real um, conundrum how much to share with them about how traumatic the loss was and that I was home alone um, when it happened and that the baby emerged um, in the context of my house, which is incredibly unusual. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and they had a lot of emotion about it. And I, too, of course, was experiencing a lot of emotions around the fact that I lost this pregnancy. So it, it was quite confusing. Well, it, you, it's a, you bring up an interesting point. We talked a lot earlier in the show just about, like, how, and again, it's one of the things I think you've been championing uh, it, with your writing, just how we're not supposed to talk about this stuff. And we we even touched a little bit on that three-month rule. Don't tell people you're pregnant for three months because, heaven forbid, you may need their fucking support. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And, like, yep. I think what a, what is so interesting about your situation is that you are a caregiver. And not only you talk about what your patients must experience going through what they're dealing with, seeing you pregnant, which is already an interesting conundrum right there. But I have to say, how just for you alone, personally, how difficult is this for you? Was this for you to keep going in every day, even if you hadn't shared it? You know what I mean? Well, it's just that, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. How was this? Yeah. How do we? Heal? Well, my subsequent New York Times piece, which came out in April, yeah. um, in in the opinion section, um, I kind of get really deep into the details of that because I don't think I knew until retrospect how um, ambushed I was and how mm. consumed I was. So, although I, of course, continued to show up for my patients every day. And wanted to, I mean, genuinely wanted to be there to connect with them and to be a source of support for them. Um, I had to work particularly hard in my own life outside of the office to take care of myself in a way that I really had never had to before. Um, Because this is a grief, it's a kind of experience I, I had never known. For me, writing and especially trying to help other people sort of in a more public way talk about these issues has been the most healing thing that I could ever do. I mean, I could say that therapy is, of course, always helpful. (laughs) Um, But for me, the writing um, of my story in a variety of ways has really helped me feel more connected. And I'm thrown by the recent research that has come out um, stating that most people tend to blame themselves, have a lot of shame, uh, that women think that somehow they did something to deserve yeah. this or cause this. And 
I luckily, I really didn't struggle with that. And so I think that's part of why I was able to kind of come out with this hashtag and ask people to just stand up and say, I had a miscarriage because I wanted to create a global conversation. And I also wanted people to see that basically one in four, one in five pregnancies end. So that's more than the statistics around postpartum depression. Um, you know, it's, that's a huge number. Well, I, I think it's it's interesting that you said that surprised you. And I wonder, and yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I can see how it surprises you, but I also think about all the things that we, again, cram, cram, cram it down, cram it down, don't talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, right, right. And then, uh, which I think leads to uh, the guilt. It leads to the guilt yes, that I mean, we, we feel. Can, but we, we all, we do, you know, shove a lot of things down through the course of our lives. <laughs> but we, but, and that does then create shame, as Brene yeah. Brown talks so much about. But but why would someone think that they themselves yeah. caused a miscarriage? Well, that, I and love, so, yeah, what, what are your, I mean, was this the only thing that surprised you in your research and in your writings? Or were there other, you, because I, I want I also was incredibly surprised to find that, and I wrote about this in my Washington Post piece, which is that I felt that people thought that miscarriage is somehow contagious. And I don't mm. obviously mean that literally, but yeah. Yeah. I had the experience when I would take my son to preschool after my loss, um, feeling like people inched away. And yeah. I, I had a lot of wonderful support in my life um, at the same time, but I just was kind of fascinated and incredibly disheartened by the space people seem to take or the lack of you know, language that people use with me um, about this particular experience. People know what to say when your grandparent dies. They know what right. to do. And out-of-order loss is not something our culture is good at. We don't really have, you know, sort of rites and rituals, rites of passage. It seems like because, almost like because we don't have that language and people act, you know, like in some weird way, it's contagious. I mean, that almost it makes sense that that would have the effect of making us feel like it's our fault. Like it's yeah. something about uh, like whether or not it, whether or not, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people have that. Did I take something wrong? Did I was right. it that glass of right. wine, whatever? But yeah. then other people yeah. just have that feeling. Yeah. It's something wrong with me. me. Like I'm doing yeah. this wrong. I, I'm I'm wrong somehow. Well, how do yes, and I think with the you know Mark Zuckerberg case, his wife, like w- with multiple miscarriages, obviously that also worsens sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. if you if you don't have, I already had a healthy child, and so I think I assumed at the time at at sixteen weeks that there was something wrong with the fetus and there wasn't something wrong with me. And then I, w- I did go on to, you know, get pregnant four months after the miscarriage and was terrified beyond words um, through that 10 month pregnancy. Well, how do you, okay. So what is, how do you, how do we help ourselves when we find ourselves in this situation experiencing this? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me as a psychologist. Yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm peddling my own oh, well, services. Right. But, but, but we'll I take do some think, advice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, what I mean is I, I wish that everybody would seek psychotherapy right. after this kind of loss. Because when I 
see people who have gone through a few of them and haven't had any help along the way, I see how shoved down these feelings yeah. are and how deeply afraid and isolated these people feel. So I, I do wish that somehow everybody felt comfortable reaching out for help, um, psychological support during these experiences. But yeah, I mean, on a more basic level, I do wish that people sort of held in mind the mantra of this was not my fault. I did nothing to deserve this. And my mind is going to play tricks on me right now because I'm so sad and angry. But I, I need to just not believe that my, my feelings are facts. Right. Oh, that's a good line. You know? <laughs> that's a good yeah. line. That's yeah. a great line. Anyway, so I just think it's like, I think part of the reason why people are blaming themselves is because it's so hard to sit with the sheer disappointment mm. and the sheer lack of control. This didn't happen because you did something. Nothing is wrong with you. It just is horrible. Well, And there's yeah. nothing we can do. Like, it, it just... You know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But again, it, it, again, there are. I mean, how can we not blame ourselves in situations when we are told to blame ourselves for like everything right. else that's an issue? If you have postpartum depression, right. pull it together. Right. Pull it together. Right. That's no, there's nothing yeah. wrong with you. Pull it together. You have a baby. You should feel great. Right. You know, if right. you are a victim of abuse or you know sexual assault, well, you know what were you wearing? You know what I mean? Like, it's all, you know, and then, again, with the miscarriage. partly, like, I think these mantras, for example, are just so simple. Yeah. And for me, write, writing about it, and not everybody has to, you know, pick up writing if they're not into it. But it's, right. even if they write in a personal journal and don't share it yeah. with anyone, I think it's about getting it out and really sort of naming and owning your story and honoring it in that way. Mm -hmm. Because you know what happened. Yeah. You know, and, right. and even writing about, I think this was my fault. You know, everyone's saying it's not or everybody is saying it is. But, you know, I hope that I can find forgiveness or, you know, let this go so that I can actually just be in the sorrow. Well, how can we as friends uh, or partners help? You know, I don't how am I supposed to help a friend if I'm sitting there still nine months pregnant? Or, you know, I mean, they're like all these things that I would layer on myself as a friend or as a partner, you know, right. how can I, I mean, a lot of it's probably just shut the fuck up, Biz, and be nice and listen, don't, it's not about you. But how, <laughs> but <it laughs> but how, people how can so we uncomfortable, help? You know? Yeah, how do we help? But I think you bring up, you know, that's so important because, you know, I think we all want to help, hopefully, you know, we all want to come from a loving place, but you're right. I mean, we stumble because we're human and we don't know what to do sometimes. I did um, recently create a piece with a cartoonist and illustrator, um, which is uh, up at Modern Loss, and it's called What to Say and What Not to Say mm. when someone has a miscarriage. So I really wanted to kind of break it down for people, what definitely not to say and other things that people can say so that people understand that it is simple. Um, but it is simple to make um, mistakes sometimes and, and, you know, by accident, of course. So I think the main thing is to not disappear. I think people mm -hmm. get tempted to move away when, when a subject is incredibly uncomfortable. 
And particularly, like you said, when if you're pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant or, you know, your sister's pregnant, um, it's tempting to, to not hear about these kinds of things, and which makes sense. But I do think that even, you know, what I tend to do with friends going through miscarriage or postpartum depression or these kinds of things, I just, I tend to text them every day, at least once a day um, in the beginning. And then I don't forget to continue my care with them. I think a lot of people, you know, in the grandparent example, they send flowers or they send a card or they send food or they show up, they go to the funeral. And then maybe a week later, they ask how you're feeling about your grandparent. And then within a month or two, there's no more discussion about it generally. Yeah. And with this, because then a woman may go on to try to get pregnant again, or maybe, you know, she's in the throes of, you know, figuring out fertility issues with her doctor, whatever it is. I think it's that much more important to stay in her life and let her know that she's still on your mind. And even if she doesn't want to talk about it, you know, the texts don't have to be like, oh, you must still be devastated. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's more just like, just so you know, I'm thinking of you. If you ever want to talk, call me. Or if you want to go shopping, let's go. Or if you yeah. want to have a drink, let's do it. Um, I think it's that simple. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, this has been really helpful and insightful. And I, again, just some wonderful thoughts on taking care of yourself. And, you know, again, it's it's not my fault. And I just think we need to say that more often. You know, it's not yeah. my control and it's not my fault. And, uh, and thank you for your work in helping just bringing this to be a more talked about topic. It's, you know, Teresa and I are Again, you know, we jack, oh, we'll talk about anything, whatever. You know what I mean? But it, that's, it's not normal. I don't think it is normal for a lot of people, especially in on topics like um, miscarriage and loss and, you know, really anything. Anxiety. Anxiety, postpartum. Yeah. I mean, there's like a million things we yeah. don't, we're not supposed to talk about. So thank you True. for talking about it. Yes. We're going to link everybody up to your website as well as to some of the articles that we talked about today and that cartoon. Perfect. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Dr. Zucker. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You make me sing la 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 You make a girl go I'm in love Wow. Yeah. I just I you know again it's not your fault. Yeah. And you know it, with just everything the totally. guilt all of it we have just got to get better about being nice to ourselves. Yeah. I really just liked so much of what she had to say about that. And, you know, it, it, it's not just a weird situation to be in when you're a clinical psychologist helping people go through this situation and right. you've been through it. No matter who you are, when yeah. you go through this situation, like you talked about and like she talked about, you're still going to the preschool, you're going yeah. to the grocery store, you're going to, you're going, people either yeah. knew you were pregnant or they didn't, but either way, it's a thing and it's out there and it's in front of people and it's suddenly in your brain like and like especially most people have a job like you yeah. either have a job or if you have kids i mean you can't yeah, you, you can't, can't hide from your life yeah so like and nobody nobody wants to hear like oh yeah i'm in the middle of the miscarriage right now <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like you can't go right. out in the world and just be like this is how ha- like 
I mean, that you know what I'm saying? No, and I so, know, but, I know. But so we're carrying that around. Yeah. Like, we're just carrying that around. Yes, and we like, are. And that's so hard. So, like, it is hard. give ourselves, like, something for doing something hard like that. Yeah. And don't just, like, make yourself feel worse. Right, or make light of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's fun. You know what I mean? Because it may be fun today, but tomorrow yeah. it might not be. Right. And you can't let that shit catch you off guard. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, you know, before we wrap up, let's uh, we're going to listen to a mom rant. Okay. And I just want to say sometimes it's nice to hear a positive mom rant. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Lay today. it on me. Lay it on me. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is Jenna. I just wanted to leave a message of sincere appreciation for the two of you because this podcast has been getting me through a very, very uh, tough sequence of events, including infertility, then pregnancy, then emergency surgeries, then job loss, downsizing of business, and just all the things that go with the first year of having a baby. And I have come to the fact that my thought process needs to be real as hell, like biz, and then also needs to be able to find a bright side, like Teresa. (laughs) So today, I did not have any clients, and rather than freaking out about not making any money, I decided to use one of my gazillion free massages. My husband watched, watched the baby, and I went and got an hour and a half massage, and during that time... I was able to come to the conclusion I have been truly defining my life by everything negative that's happened because the truth of the matter is is that there are so many positives that they don't necessarily stand out, but mm-hmm. the few negatives have been those sore thumbs that have really, uh, you know, I don't know, I've been really focusing on, and I just made a decision to stop, and it made me think of Teresa saying, hmm, I just found the silver lining in all of this crap. So I just wanted to share that with you, and thank you for everything that you do, and I'm going to go get my One Bad Mother t-shirt on and, and rule the rest of the day with my baby boy and my family. Thanks. Aww, I know. It's such a good that's job. so nice. Can I just say that my favorite part was that she was listing all of the shit things that happened. She was like, you yeah. know, oh, the, all, the, the, all the things that things normally that happen, happen during the first year, year of, of childbirth. I just was like, oh, yeah, that's, I guess. I just, that was like, a lot of stuff. It was a lot it of stuff. It was legitimately, was like, le- yeah, just a lot of stuff. Perhaps not your normal first year. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, yeah. I really, I really liked the the spin mm-hmm. on and we talked about this on the show and we're one of these days we're gonna do a show on this and that's just changing our fucking attitude mm-hmm. probably not calling it a fucking attitude <laughs> might help but changing our attitude and i think it's just i really liked when she was like i'm just gonna stop it yeah i'm just gonna stop it today yeah. today is the day i stop it yeah and i really like it and i i just thank you for calling in because sometimes we just we need to hear yeah. somebody else say fucking stop it yeah absolutely um, so you are really doing nice a really great job yeah, good job good job and what's up with the hundred massage free massages you have laying around that sounds great dole those out yeah yeah you could you could become like the robin hood of massages in your neighborhood <laughs> just fucking giving them out to people uh or you could have a really nice month yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> or a year. Or if you spread it out. Yeah. Whatever. However you want to do it. So good it's job. It's up to you. They're your massages. Really? They're your <laughs> They're yours. All of this is yours. They're your massages. Do with them as you will. Um, good job. Yeah. Uh, Teresa, what yeah. did we learn this week? We learned to fucking stop it. Yeah, it's if not you can. our fault. It's not our fault. Yeah. Okay, and and I, yeah, I wanted to actually share something that my mother had said uh, when I was telling her about a good friend of mine who had a, a miscarriage, and I called her. It was like one of the first, my first friends to go through this, and I called my mom, and I was just like, I, you know, I don't really know what to say, and I so you know, I don't know what to do. And she made this comment. She said uh, to tell her a reminder that she gave that baby the best life a baby could have, regardless of how short that life was, and I really. It blew my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's so separate from, like, the discussion of, like, when life yeah. begins. I mean, this, this is not yeah. what this is. Yeah. But I, th- I think there's something about, you know, in your mind when you're pregnant and it's you are developing whatever relationship you're having, you are doing something. When you are giving, you yeah. know— this baby, you know, all of your attention and place to grow in life. And, all that. and whether, uh, you know, the baby's life ends at, you know, three months, 18 years, or way after you are dead and gone, you you did your best. And I thought it was just such a nice way to think about your role uh, in the life of your child regardless. Yeah. Uh, and just, it's really like a way of acknowledging that it's meaningful and yes. that, like, that, like, it it just, it matters. It like, matters. It's, it was something. You yeah. Know? I mean, you can yeah. have whatever political views I want to have yeah. about other things. Yeah. But in this quiet moment. Yeah. It we're really... pro-choice, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> FYI, in case yes. that was not clear. Yeah, we we're are. Pro-choice. But that doesn't mean. But that mean, doesn't, right. That exactly. doesn't mean that, like, yeah. that doesn't mean that my experience when I got pregnant wasn't yeah. the moment I found out I was pregnant, I was talking to my stomach all day long. Right. You know totally. what I mean? And totally. so, again, it's just you you are doing a good job. Yes. All along the line. Yes. So remember that. Um, and I also I also think a good takeaway besides it's not your fault was to let people help you. Yeah. Don't forget to let people help you. Don't forget this whole bullshit stuff about not telling people that are important to you, the things that you're going through, whether they are good news, like I am pregnant, Mm -hmm. uh, or difficult news, like I've lost my baby or or something else has happened. You know what I mean? Anything. You need support. Let people fucking support you, guys. You deserve it. You deserve it. Um, And if you are the person offering support, I sometimes think, like, we can overdo in wanting to help. And I think sometimes... It's really nice just to say, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you, and I'm just going to sit quietly in this room with you while you go about your work, if that's what you would like. Sure, yeah. I don't have to say fucking two words. Yeah. You don't. Uh, It's just about being there. So, and it's not about you. So don't, you know, I mean, not to be rude, but it's, you know, don't make it a big deal about how am I supposed to help you? Just ask, how can I help you? I am here for you. Yeah. So everybody... You are doing a really great job. Yeah, you guys are. You really are. So, good fucking job. And, Teresa? Yes. You are doing a really good job. Thank you. So are you, Biz. Thank you. So, everybody, uh, hang in there. You're nailing it. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.